and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host. Thank you for tuning in today. It's wonderful to have you with us. And I'm inviting you to stay for this hour because we have a program prepared that you will enjoy. And I will invite you to be part of this program. You know by now, those people who are listening to our uh, drive time, that uh, you can be part of the program by sending us a text message with a thought, a question, maybe just even a prayer request. We'll love to hear from you. Let us know where are you listening from. How is the weather over there? Here it's pouring down, it's raining, it's wonderful, it's cold, all those things. Maybe you have a, a better things, you know, happening around um, in your life today and uh, let us know. But it's also wonderful to have with us in the studio here our uh, co-host today is Tracy Papandreou. It's good to have you with us, Tracy. Hi, Nick, and hi to all the listeners. Well, uh, we are back here in the studio after a couple of weeks uh, break. You know, we... Uh, attempt to broadcast from Big Camp uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now, Big Camp, people who don't know what that is, <laughs> all the churches here in South Australia, they um, gather together. I mean, many people uh, in a particular location, and that was on uh, in the Riverland in uh, Barmera, beautiful, uh, all beautiful the Adventist location. Churches. Yeah, all the Adventist churches. Yeah. Thanks for correcting that. There's some good. Uh, messages went there. I was, I didn't have a chance to go, but I've been watching them on my device and mm. I've just been really blessed by, uh, some of the messages. And one of the, uh, speakers, he was actually the guy who was running an evangelism program that brought me into the Adventist church. So it's always a bit special when I see him right. speaking. That's, so, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, um, yes, that's what happened actually, but it's good to be here in a good, uh, warm, uh, environment in the studio here because I can tell you that it was quite cold actually I in, heard um, that. I heard that. <laughs> uh, near to the river there and um, yes but all those things happens uh, people enjoy it you know mm. particularly young people uh, they love that and it was a good turn up actually yeah. it was uh, wonderful oh that's good and uh, Tracy um, today we are uh, finishing off to say so this week uh, on the this theme the bible the believer and the spirit. Mm. Now, uh, even when you mention the spirit, that's already um, differences in, in people's mind, you know, mm. uh, what that is. And But we ask few questions, you know, during the week, like, um, is the Holy Spirit real? And what did Jesus say about it? And that was a very interesting question, you know, because um, we also check with the Bible to see what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. Then uh, we ask another question like, uh, what really happened at Pentecost? Now, this is a very big, uh, can be a very big topic. and controversial mm-hmm. uh, topic because many people uh, look at this in you know, different ways. Yes. What was Pentecostal? What that? What was that experience? Mm. Um, and even today in the Christendom, uh, people hold uh, different uh, views and opinion uh, in regard to Pentecost and uh, those things. Then another question was, how 
will the Holy Spirit change my life? And I thought this was wonderful mm. uh, subject because in the end, that's what matters for me and for you, Tracy, and for you, my dear friend listening today. Is the Holy Spirit making an impact in your life? For, uh, for a change, because that's the, the promise of Jesus. I'm going to send you another comforter to be with you everywhere. Now, that's not just to, let's say, protect us. It can protect us for certain things. And God, it, it's putting at our disposal, if you like, the heaven with angels and uh, amazing, amazing, amazing gift gift. that we probably don't, I would say all of us probably don't take as much advantage mm. of, of it as, as we should. Absolutely right. And then just the other day, um, the question was, how will the Holy Spirit change my church? You see, this is not only resumed to a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has a role also in our uh, Life uh, in our uh, churches, you know, not well, a only church as is a collection of, of, of individuals, but so correct. so the sum of the, the 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 outpouring of the church is the sum of what is happening individually in the the believer's life. If you got a lot of people who they're really not born again or whatever, the the church will struggle. Absolutely right. Mm. Now, that could be a cause and effect. Yes, but also, yes. uh, you can come across certain things in your journey, in your walk with God on this uh, earth, and we are part of a, a group, a church, your family. Yes. And you may come to some, uh, to be cornered, let's say, with certain things you don't know what to do. Mm. And that's probably the time to ask mm. the Holy mm. Spirit mm. to reveal. Mm. That's what I'm, I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit has a role for the large, you know, uh, the congregation and um, Jesus instructed even the disciples which already formed a group you know, a church if you like, and says you wait here until the Holy Spirit will come. Well, we can't operate in power, can we, without Absolutely not. I think this is uh, this is uh, really, really good you know, this week was wonderful to look at that, but our question for today, uh, Tracy, is um, what is the Spirit's place in revival, mm. because uh, we can talk about the Holy Spirit, we can talk about the influence of the Holy Spirit, we can talk about these things in various ways, but should be an outcome, mm. a result. If the Holy Spirit is present in our life, mm. it should be something visible. I think that should be something visible, that uh, it's not something that you can just claim, I have the Holy Spirit. No, no. I, I, as you were saying that, I kind of thought in a bit more detail and I thought, well, you know, the Holy Spirit can be working on a person's life, but really the impact that we allow the Holy Spirit to have in our lives has a little bit to do with us in mm. terms of how much we are open to the Holy Spirit and how much we will allow the Holy Spirit to do that transformational work in our lives, isn't it? Mm. Because the Holy Spirit is working on everybody, trying to get them to come to, to the Lord. Yes. But some will accept and some will not. And some believers will have what seems to be a greater degree of power than others. Mm. 
So, just as you were saying that, Nick, you know, and and I agree that, you know, you should see uh, a a change in the person's life when the Holy Spirit is really active in their life. But I think there is a cooperating work that we need and, you know, work in Mm -hmm. inverted commas that we need to do in allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and make those changes in surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, it's, it's like, you know, where Jesus said, you know, I stand at the door and knock anyone who allows me to enter in, I will come in and dine with him, etc. It's a little bit like that with the Holy Spirit, I think, as well. You know, it's about, you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to have, you know, it, its way with us. I shouldn't say it's mm. his way mm. with us. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So. Now, that's right, uh, uh, Tracy. And hey, my dear friend, uh, you may have a... Uh, a thought you may have an understanding you may like to share with us what do you uh, understand about the holy spirit the bible the believer and the the spirit in in particular and uh, in con- in regard to the question which will um, pose a few times today is uh, what is the spirit's place in a revival you may experience yourself a change in your life and you would like to share with us, please send us a text message to 4 This is the number where you can um, be in contact with us as we talk today on this program. Don't hesitate to send us a text message with your thoughts. Now, uh, Tracy, I'm going to just put a, a little plug here and then we'll uh, go a little bit on the World Watch segment mm-hmm. for a few minutes and then uh, we'll come back this program is made possible by the support of adventist world radio and we are very thankful uh, for all the support we have uh, in particular from the um, adventist world radio but uh, not only uh, many of our listeners they um, they are supporting us uh, Mm -hmm. through prayer and financially and we really much uh, appreciate uh, all the support we we get now I just want to uh, talk for a moment about something which I just uh, just came across to me just a couple of hours ago in regard to a declaration. Uh, it says here Biden, which talk, we talk about the president of uh, America, Joe Biden. Biden thoughts the profound power of prayer. Join me in asking for God's continued Guidance. When I look at that, I said, wow, that's something uh, uh, important, special from a leader. And particularly mm. like Joe Biden, you know, which the whole world looks at uh, when you mention the name yes. uh, Joe Biden. And I thought, well, what's this all about? Now, uh, President uh, Biden is calling on people of faith to pray for God's blessing, blessings on America, saying in his annual uh, National Day of Prayer, proclamation that prayer can move mountains and has empowered the nation's moral movements. Big words. Big words, okay? Now, is that uh, what it is in reality? Are we turning uh, to God? Is America, is President Biden, uh, you know what he's saying? We cannot judge that. That's what he's saying. But just when you look at that... um, few words like that. What what comes in your uh, mind, uh, Tracy? 
To be honest, I you know it's it's lovely when you hear politicians talk about God. It's nice, but I always get a little bit worried as well because um, people have got different ideas about about God and 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 what um, how that should impact their country. We were talking just a moment ago, um, Nick, about the Holy Spirit and the fact that people's lives should be changed and all of that kind of thing. And we talked about collectively churches and let's look at this collectively as a country. Mm-hmm. Would we say that America is becoming more spiritual or less spiritual? Do we see legislation being passed mm. that is more in line with God's word and 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 God's will, or or not, or I I just kind of I mean I think we are called we are called the word does say that we are called to pray for our leaders, all of that kind of thing. So I think it's it's a good thing, mm-hmm. but by the same token, um, I kind of think is it just a throwaway line to kind of get you know, the the spiritual vote on board uh, mm-hmm. or, or what's behind it. I, I sometimes when I see politicians doing this kind of thing, I kind of wonder, is this an authentic thing or is this all about the words and what people yeah. want him to look like? Yeah, that's that's right. And the, you pointed out that thing. It's an unfortunate thing that um, uh, during elections, people are coming and say all sorts of things. But look, in this case, uh, President Biden, it's uh, uh, approaching, you know, the nation. And I'm going to to just look a little bit more into this uh, article. But, you know, I'm going to try to make a call and to see if our good friend uh, David Lima from Family Voice Australia can come um, with us. Let's uh, let's try that. Uh, we haven't organized this one before, but uh, we'll try to see if he's hearing us. We are trying to connect with David Lima from Family Voice Australia. And uh, this is Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Hey, David, are you there? Yes, Nick. Oh, very good, very good. Hey, David, uh, uh, we were just talking here with uh, Tracy in the studio, and we thought, why not to give you a call to mm-hmm. um, to bring you in? Uh, we are um, talking about uh, an article under this uh, segment, World Watch, and it's about uh, President uh, Joe Biden talking about the power of prayer. And he says, join me uh, in asking God for continuing guidance from God. And we just said here that Biden is calling the people of faith to pray for uh, God's blessings on America, saying in his annual National Day of Prayer uh, proclamation that prayer can move mountains and has empowered the nation's uh, moral movements. And then he continued to say this, in periods of peace and prosperity, in times of struggle and strife, countless Americans turn to prayer to seek guidance. Now, we just said uh, here in the studio, we're talking to Tracy, and we ask ourselves that question, is sometimes in, in the political world this used as a um, um, byproduct, you know, to gain more support? Yeah, what, what are your thoughts, uh, David, in regard uh, to this? Yeah, uh, it is possible that we can misuse the Christian faith and employ it for political advantage 
Uh, I hope that's not the case with President Biden. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we often have to give people the benefit of the doubt. If someone asks me to pray for them, I think in uh, in Christian conscience, I have to say, yes, I will do that. Now, that may involve some discussion. Uh, I may disagree with their policies. Um, President Biden, for example, is very pro-abortion. Mm. And uh, he he's really standing for most of the things that Family Voice does not stand for, uh, sadly to say. Mm. But if we're going to if we're going to have a relationship with with parliamentarians, uh, praying for them, I think is a great way to start. Because um, if you if you contact a member of parliament and say, "Look, uh, our church would love to pray for you," um, that that can only build bridges, even if they're not a believer. Yes, it's an expression of goodwill. So I think um, that we need to presume the best and we need to do our part even if they're not doing their part in such matters Nick Sure and you know uh, President uh, Biden it's uh, continuing in this uh, article saying that the, the federal law requires every president to issue a proclamation commemorating the National Day of Prayer which uh, felt on um, May the 4th uh, this year just the other day Uh, now, also it says here that the right to pray, this is Biden now saying, is enshrined in our constitution and stamped firmly in the American tradition. What do you think about this? Looking at America right now, where America is in terms of even divided to say so, uh, mm-hmm. even though this is in the constitution, can be just a formality sometimes just to do that in the governments and stuff like that? What are your thoughts, David, there too? Well, it could be argued it's a tradition, and Jesus did speak about people vainly prattling on and thinking that they'll be heard because of their many words. It is a question of the heart. But I, my, my understanding is that, that most members of Parliament would self-identify as Christian, and if they want to pray, then we of all people, as God's people, should commend that. We're told to pray for kings and those in authority, Jesus prayed for civic authorities even when they were driving nails into his hands. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, Paul says, I pray, uh, as he's dealing with the civic authority, I pray that you will be as I am, but without the chance. Mm. Uh, we're to pray for kings and all those in authority. Very helpful instruction on the eve of the coronation, of course. So, yeah, I have a very positive attitude towards a prayer in public life. I think it's um, a positive thing. Uh, it could be abused, but anything can be abused. And we need to really make sure that things like this work in, in the right way by really encouraging our civic authorities not yeah. simply to pray, but to take seriously what it is that they're praying. Absolutely right, David. And I remember, you know, uh, sometime we approach this uh, aspect that even here in our uh, country and maybe in, in our state, uh, discussion to remove uh, the Lord's Prayer from the parliament. Uh, I know your concerns in regard to that, uh, David. Um, but hey, just because you mentioned um, that we need to pray, you know, for kings and presidents. Um, now we know that uh, tomorrow is a special uh, day, a special uh, time in the UK. Any thoughts, David, in regard to the coronation uh, for tomorrow? Yeah, well, I have been encouraging everyone I can find to pray for Charles and Camilla ahead of their anointing. Uh, anointing is really the right word to use. It's more an anointing than a crowning, although both occur. 
but they will both be anointed with oil for ministry. And uh, this takes us right back to the anointing of Solomon, uh, of David, and of Saul back in Old Testament times. And of course, Jesus uh, uh, famously said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Uh, and so I, I'm really looking forward to the coronation. Uh, I think we need to be praying for King Charles. Um, the One of the things we forget is the sufferings of of, of people in civic life, uh, especially those who don't have any choice. If you choose to go into politics, well, you've made a choice and you know what you're in for. But mm. none of the royal none of the royal family members have made such a choice. They are, they are born into the position, and it's a lifelong position as well. Um, most members of parliament retire and go off and play golf or something. But in the example of Queen Elizabeth. We have seen her continuing on uh, well into her 10th decade, um, 96, I think she was. Mm. Uh, just just relentless. Uh, every day, boxes of papers to go through, and every day, the calendar full. And more than that, of course, King Charles's own great-grandfather, who was King George I of Greece, uh, Tracy will be interested, uh, he was murdered. And then uh, Queen Victoria, his um, three-greats-grandmother, she survived a number of assassination attempts. Mm. A, a number of people have tried to kill Queen Elizabeth. Uh, there's a fellow in prison, even as we speak, who was found roaming with bow and arrow and said to the police quite openly that he, he, he was there to kill the Queen. A bedroom has been uh, was invaded three times over the years, and it turned out that one fellow who, in, who had invent, uh, invaded her bedroom was going to kill himself in front of her. Wow. And there's there's also someone in prison at the moment for doing 25 years for a number of offences, including threatening to kill little Prince George, who at the time was only four years old. Now, what's he done wrong? Mm. So uh, the, the, the sufferings of our civic authorities and especially the royals, the royal, members of the royal family, is something we really need to pray for. Absolutely right. I agree with that, um, uh, David. And, you know, as you pointed out, even though these days events like this, it can fall a little bit more into a, a practice, you know, a, a, a form of uh, doing things. But I hope that um, people are doing this for the right reason, because when we look back in the uh, Bible, in the olden days, you know, the uh, anointing um, was very, very special. And uh, those people who experienced this and were anointed, uh, they were uh, special, you know, uh, chosen by God. And no doubt about uh, what you just said, uh, David, uh, God, uh, even today, he set up uh, rulers and uh, he's in control of everything. And we... We wish all the best, you know, for um, for the king. And uh, thank you, exactly. yeah, thank you and for sharing, uh, David. Thank yeah. you so much, Nick. Yeah, Tracy, anything you like to say on this? Uh, I'm going to take a short break, and then we'll move to our discussion because uh, today we are talking about what is the spirit's place in revival. Uh, any thoughts in regard to the? Um, uh, no, I was just thinking. Point out? I was just thinking. Um, you know that that uh, I pray for, especially for uh, King Charles. That you know, going through the ceremony, uh, the Holy Spirit will really touch him in terms of the importance, uh, the spiritual importance mm. that mm. is being given 
uh, to him as part of part of part of that position. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you, David, uh, for coming with us via phone uh, today. May God bless you, and uh, looking forward to see you back here in the studio. We're taking thank a you. we're taking a short break right now, and we have a song prepared for you, uh, my dear friend, uh, by Emmanuel Quartet. I want to be like my Lord. There was a man, they called him Jesus, walked the shores of Galilee, healed the sick and calmed the waters, made the blind and hard to see, raised the dead and cleansed the leper, had the power to set men free, but best of all, he went to Calvary, bled and died for you and me. I want to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk, talk like Jesus, I want to be, want to be just, like my Lord. just like my Lord. I want to help, help my neighbor, my pour him labor, I want, to spread I want my life to spread his word. I want to see, I want to shout, to heal the world. I want to tell, I want to tell the world about His love. I want to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk, talk like Jesus. I want to be, I want to be just like my Lord. I wish that I could have been with Him when He stepped out on the sea and heard Him say to Simon Peter, "Come, my son." Back. This is Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and Tracy Papandreou. And uh, we have a theme for this week, which we follow, the Bible, the believer and the spirit. But today we are going to look at this uh, question a bit more. What is the spirit's place in revival? And my dear friend, we have a wonderful offer uh, for you today. A book prepared uh, entitled Spirit Baptism. 
and the new wineskin fellowship now this is a wonderful book and you should have it in your hands because it will uh, enlarge a little bit more about what we are going to talk about the role of the uh, spirit in our life pastor uh, smith the uh, author denny smith challenges us and uh, challenges all the Christians today to not only seek the daily infilling of the Holy Spirit, but to also enter into the wineskin of fellowship described in the book of Acts. God is calling us to fellowship where the fruit and gifts of the Spirit can be manifested. The presence of the Holy Spirit It's both for individual and also for uh, congregation approach. And uh, my dear friend, please uh, don't hesitate to claim this offer. You just need to send us the code, which is SA117. SA117. No space in between. Just send that uh, text message to us and our uh, good friend, uh, uh, Robot, will uh, take you through to ask you a few questions. But again, the book is Spirit, Baptism, and the New Wineskin Fellowship. The code is SA117. We are waiting for those messages to come through. Now, uh, Tracy, in the time left here today, uh, we are going to dive in a little bit more into this question, what is the Spirit's uh, Uh, place in revival and uh, i wonder if we could um, you know open the bible and look into the bible to see what the bible has to say and see what sort of promises we have from god mm, mm. well the first thing that came into my mind as i was beginning to uh, look into this topic to prepare for today is um the scripture from Jeremiah 29:12 to 14 and it doesn't necessarily speak about the spirit here but i think it um gives a good um promise about what we can expect with the help and the gift of the Holy Spirit and i actually would like to use a message version because i think Um, for this because I think it brings it out really nicely. It says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you, bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into exile. You can count on it. And so, you know, I I thought, wow, you know, that's a beautiful promise that we have about when we actually are in a place where we are completely serious. Actually, if I look at the... Um, The King, the New King James Version, um, part of that, it says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Mm. So, you know, it talks about the fact that this isn't a going through the motions. It isn't, uh, well, I just go to church every week. This is actually something which is core for a person. It's actually something which you can see um, the message version says, and you want it more than anything else. So 
we can expect our life to be turned around in an amazing way when we come to God and we call on Him. But what causes us to want to call on God? I would suggest that it's the Holy Spirit working in us mm. that that attracts us and draws us into that place where um, it's like when you, you when you meet a new person and you're really impressed with them. This is a terribly worldly analogy, but I I hope it hits the mark in terms of our listeners understanding where I'm trying to go with this. When you meet a person and and you're intrigued by them, um, there is much to learn of them. Uh, you find that that you just want to spend more time and understand and get to know that person better. Mm -hmm. That's a worldly example of what it's like when the Holy Spirit is really working in your heart and there's just this desire to want to understand more about what, what's, what God's Word says, understand more about what He promises you, understand more about the power that is available to you and that comes through, and that desire comes with the Holy Spirit calling on us to call on God. We also can uh, have the, the confidence in that the Holy Spirit will continue to work on us. In Philippians 1 6, Paul was actually talking to the Philippians there and talking about how he prays for them and he said being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ so we can we can know when we fall down and we and we um, disappoint ourselves in terms of you know we know uh, that something is not God's will or uh, we know that the Holy Spirit has been telling us we need to move away from that action, that thing, whatever it is, and we fall down and we end up in in that ditch again. And we 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 have that confidence that we can come to God, we can confess our sins, and we can be confident that with that sincere heart, the Holy Spirit will continue. To work on us. Sometimes I find I, I'm myself saying when I'm praying, you know, please forgive me, Lord, for that. And please don't turn down the volume mm. of the Holy Spirit. You know, this is evidence that I need you to turn up the volume, God, that your Holy Spirit and his voice will speak, will, will, will thunder in my ears. That I cannot go my own way. You yes, know, but we big, have big, that promise. That's right, Tracy, because too often, particularly in these days, we are so busy with things that we don't hear things going on. And it comes in my mind again the, when Jesus says, uh, Behold, I'm at the door knocking. And uh, a translation which I like, it's, I think the English standard version, it says, it doesn't say, Behold, I'm, the, I'm at the door and knock. It says, Listen. Mm. Listen, mm. because you can be busy with something else. You can be so preoccupied with things in life that you don't hear. Yes, you don't Somebody hear. Can be at the door knocking and you yes. don't hear. Yeah. Yes, and so often uh, we even ignore things, mm. you know, but we need to listen. We need to yes. have that intentional approach, as you said. And then uh, we pray to God that the uh, the message from the Holy Spirit will be loud to us, you know, to really uh, attract our attention. But 
our part is also to be prepared yes. to receive the Holy Spirit because we cannot afford just to go in our routine, daily routine and hoping that, okay, the Holy Spirit will come, will do his work in our life. Mm. We need to do like the disciples uh, did and Jesus instructed them to stay in Jerusalem, uh, to wait for the Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm pretty sure that they probably even waited in silence sometimes, looking at themselves, looking at each in other prayer. in prayer, mm-hmm. but even looking about the situation they've been around just before a few days. Reflecting. Uh, reflecting, yeah. that's yeah. it. And uh, they were uh, having different uh, agenda in their life. And and when um, he said that, he said, you know, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit and power will come upon you. Mm. And I really, I really appreciate the gift of the Holy Spirit. If I look in my life at how many times the Holy Spirit has said, don't go here, go there, Tracy. And I've done that and it's just been such a great outcome for me, you know, so I see that the Holy Spirit is this amazing gift that believers have, not only for the development of our spiritual mm. lives, but also God wants us to make good decisions in our everyday lives. He wants to manifest his power and his spirit in our lives that we can be a witness to others. Uh, we can be a witness to others of his goodness in our lives as mm. well. So um, I believe that we have that gift available to us, but we don't always take as much advantage of it as we should. And I think that's because, one, we are perhaps not spending enough quiet time allowing time for the Holy Spirit to speak to us that we can become completely familiar with his voice mm. so that, you know, it's like when you've got somebody who's, who rings you on the phone and, you know, most of the time if you know them well, they don't even need to say, hi, Tracy, this is whoever. I know as soon as they, as soon as they say the first word, I know that it's, Whatever person, mm-hmm. you know, we need to um, get to such a place that we are completely confident with the voice of the Holy Spirit that we recognize it immediately. Yes, yes. And we are immediately, this, this is a bit that I struggle with, if I'm completely honest, the immediately obedient part. Right. Sometimes it's, yeah, yeah, I know I need to do that. Um but this is this is why I, when I pray, I say, Lord, don't turn down the volume. Turn it up as high as mm. you need to turn that volume up so that I can become even more immediately obedient to your will. Mm. Now, talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, in the context of our uh, question today, mm. um, does the Holy Spirit bring revival? Mm. I wonder if you could uh, maybe bring to our attention uh, some examples uh, mm. if you if you come across or uh, because we are going to look even in the in the Bible just briefly uh, some of the revivals you know happening uh, because of God's people um, but do you have anything uh, to share with us in terms of the impact 
uh, sure. of the Holy Spirit in I mean, revival? Revival is what we pray for, isn't it? Because mm. it's only through collective revival that we would see whole cities being transformed for God, which is what us as believers want to see, don't we? And there have been times in history where there have been movements which um, have had uh, particular phenomenons associated with them, um, times in Christian history, and there have been events or periods marked by, well, what... what um, People may suggest as a powerful move of the Holy Spirit that transforms lives and communities. Mm. So just a few of them that I came up in um, when I was doing a bit of research, a lot of these um, took place in America where people could kind of pinpoint a Mm. period. So there's one that's called the First Great Awakening, which took place um, from 1730s to the 1740s. And apparently this was a period of intense religious revival in American colonies, characterized by a wave of emotional preaching and fervent enthusiastic worship. There was also a second great awakening in the 1800s, again a period of spiritual revival in the US, marked by a renewed interest in religion and explosion of church growth and a series of revival meetings that drew thousands. So there was something going on that attracted lots of people. There was a Welsh revival from 1904 to 1905 in Wales, and this resulted in a wave of spiritual renewal that affected tens of thousands of people. There's also one that I had heard about before um, uh, doing this research. It's called the Azusa Street Revival, and this took place in Los Angeles from the period over 1906 to 1915. And this is um, one that's considered mo- one of the most significant events in history of modern Pentecostalism. And there there was a focus on baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, power of God to heal and perform miracles, movement of missions and evangelism that spread the revival to other parts of the world, East Africa, 1930s to 1960s, um, characterized by focus on personal holiness, prayer and repentance, and resulted in a renewed sense of faith and wave of evangelisms and missions. So there's a number of them that have gone on the 1940s, 50s. There was Mm. one called the Jesus Movement in the 1960s to 70s. Um, there was also one called the Toronto Blessing in 1994, which happened at a particular church. Now, they talked about that being marked by a wave of spontaneous worship, laughter, other manifestations mm. of the mm. Holy Spirit, and it drew thousands of people from around the world. What I wanted to maybe talk about briefly is... How do we know if a revival is a genuine revival? We know the enemy has lots of power as That's well. That's a great question. Uh, just because there's lots of people, you know, getting on the train doesn't mean it's going to the right mm, place. Mm. Some of these things, when I looked at them, I kind of went, hmm. Um, you know, uh, um, there was one, and I'm not quite sure which one of these churches that I'd known of that they had um, 
called it the holy rolling movement or the holy roller movement and it talked about you know uh, there would be these outbursts of people just kind of help going into hilarity, rolling down aisles, all of that kind of thing. And I kind of say, well, just because supernatural things appear to be happening with people, is that evidence of the Holy Spirit? What do you think about yes, that? Yes, a very interesting uh, question, um, Tracy, because... Uh, you you pointed out uh, you know some dates there and it's interesting that after the dark ages you know uh, there were some uh, um, things happening there and we we just have to look at the Re- reformation period you know when um, there was a lots of uh, revival happening there and uh, people turning back to the bible yeah. because that's the actual the thing because many times we are falling away from mm-hmm. the truth, from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And revival means to bring us back uh, to the uh, truth. And revival is also, it's in the context of reformation. We need, if we revive, we need to reform ourselves. Transformation. And the trans- yeah. To transform. Mm-hmm. was interesting that, um, uh, you know, it was back in the 1700s, you know, eight. 1800s, some of those movements, and then was a bit quiet until uh, uh, later on in the um, 1900s. But one of the things which uh, uh, we may miss out is to look at the reason and then the effect, you know, the yes. the cause and the effect. Yes. Because as you can say, it could be just emotionally, it could be just uh, uh, something prompted by um, whatever, even a good good speaker mm. which mm. can gather these days people around and you can call that uh, a revival mm. the benchmark to see if these revivals are genuine as you just pointed out uh, Tracy is to look into the Bible and we have examples in the Bible how uh, revivals took place because people um, look at themselves and said, what are we doing here? Mm. We have an example. I wonder if we could um, go quickly in the Old Testament, in the book of uh, Kings, Second Kings, actually, mm-hmm. and uh, Second Kings chapter 22. Now, here it's a story. It's about a young king, uh, Josiah. He was uh, just about 18 years old. And uh, he's doing his business. Then he's sending uh, into the temple um, somebody who's uh, in charge of uh, uh, finances and uh, all those things. I'm not going to give all those names now because of lack of time uh, right now. And um, along with that was a priest. Uh, his name was Hilkiah, Hilkiah, I think I will pronounce it. And uh, Shafran uh, was the man who was uh, supposed to count the money, see what's there in the treasury and so on and so forth. And this priest came across a book in the temple. And as he um, looked at that, I'm just going to verse uh, 8. If you could, uh, maybe Tracy, read this verse, uh, mm. verse 8, and um, share with us verse 8, 9, and uh, 10 quickly. 
Okay, so it says, Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Okay, and verse 11. Mm-hmm. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. Wow, wow. And verse 12 says he gave orders to Hilkiah. This is the high priest. Um, and uh, there were a couple other people there, uh, the secretary and uh, uh, all those people in charge and uh, gave some um, a command then and says, go. In verse 13 mm-hmm. here, we are reading now, go ask the Lord for advice. Ask him about what is written in this book that has been found. Do it for me, the king said. Also do it for the people and the whole nation of Judah. The Lord is very angry with us. Now, they found themselves that they are not doing what the Lord asked them to do. Mm. Over generations, uh, even Israelites, the people of Israel, they lost their uh, purpose. They lost their way, didn't they? they? they, Mm. Their way. And now they found the book. Mm. And here it's a... A revival, if you like, mm, is mm, prompted. Mm. And the king takes some actions here, even torn his clothes apart. He says, go now and ask God. Mm. And a revival will bring maybe prayer, mm. will bring um, reconciliation, will bring uh, what else do, comes in your mind, Tracy, that a revival may bring? Well, I think a revival would bring a sense of um, an understanding of our 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 imperfect state and our need of God to transform us, our understanding that we can't do it on our own, a desire to really genuinely want to know what God's will is and to to have the power and the strength to be able to mm. do it and an understanding that that power and strength does not come from us. It comes from the Holy Spirit working within us and our desire to cooperate with the Holy Spirit working within us. Yes, uh, indeed, indeed. Now, Tracy, uh, time is going fast today, but if you have uh, maybe a, a thought to share with us, to bring it together, to conclude this, not before I'm going to share with our listeners that we have a wonderful uh, book prepared for you, my dear friend, Spirit Baptism and New uh, Wineskin Fellowship by uh, uh, Dennis Smith. This is a wonderful book which will uh, guide you through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And why not to claim this book, my dear friend? You need to send us a code, which is SA117. Please send a text message to Zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Maybe in just a um, couple of minutes, uh, Tracy, if you could just bring it together and um, help us to understand what do we mean when we say what is the Spirit's place in revival? The Spirit has a central role in revival because we cannot change ourselves. It's only the Spirit who can change us and who can bring that revival with 
lives changed collectively. Just reminding people of the role of the Holy Spirit, John fourteen twenty six. This is Jesus speaking. He says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. We are to be transformed and we can't do it on our own. Romans twelve two says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God revival only comes when collectively we're born again and we have our lives surrendered to the transforming power of God through his divine agent the Holy Spirit so the gift of the Holy Spirit means that even if we don't feel like doing the will of God we can pray that God will transform us and then we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit as he seeks to make those changes mm. in us so I would just say to people um Spend more time with God. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit working within you, not you changing. So spend more time with God. Work on your relationship with God. Allow time, allow quiet time that you can hear from the Holy Spirit. When you pray, do you allow time at the end of it where you're not talking but you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you and give you that guidance. The transformation can only happen when the Holy Spirit is reigning and powerful in our lives. And so that's what I believe we need to be cooperating um, with the Holy Spirit to do all the work, to complete the work that he wants to do in our lives. That's uh, that's wonderful, uh, Tracy. And uh, again, my dear friend uh, listening today, if you have an experience uh, with the Holy Spirit or if you wonder how you can have an experience with the Holy Spirit, please don't hesitate to send us a text message to get the book, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the code is SA117 and we'll be very happy to share that uh, book with you. And now, uh, as yeah, we pointed out in the Bible, there are um, uh, lots of things which we can uh, read, you know, and be informed with this. Um, but I like, you know, what the Romans says, uh, Romans 12, verse uh, 2 there, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Wonderful counseling here uh, from the Bible, my dear friend. That's all from us um, today, but uh, please join us uh, again uh, next time because uh, we'll continue to learn from the Bible. And we are going to talk about the Bible, growing spirituality and the place of prayer. And does prayer come naturally? That will be wonderful to have you back with us again. Until then, may God richly bless you and have a wonderful walk in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you strayed from the fold and there's trouble in your soul, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When your soul is lost in sin and
Savior calling you